This is Brian Penske, head coach of your Lady Ball soccer team, and you are listening to the Knox Soccer Podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Brian Canover, one of your co-hosts on the Knox Soccer Podcast, and today we are introducing a new segment called Coach Calls, where we interview Knoxville area coaches at the college, high school, club, and soon-to-be professional levels about what's happening with their teams. We are very lucky to welcome our first ever guest, Tennessee women's soccer head coach, Brian Penske, months off a historic season where the team captured its first SEC tournament title since, 20, since 2008, won its second straight SEC East title, and landed at the number 11 spot for the top women's Division I teams in the country to end the year. Coach, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate that. Very kind and uh, warm um, and humbling introduction and uh, very happy to be with you today. Thank you, Coach. So this season was among the more memorable in recent years for the Lady Vols. The team lost only three times, one of those in the Sweet 16 to a Michigan team that ended the year ranked number seven in the country. You had 20 wins for the first time in school history. Your players picked up tons of accolades, SEC Freshman of the Year honors for Taylor Huff, all SEC selections for two of my absolute favorite players, Mackenzie George and Jada Thomas, as well as as Ren French. You picked up an SEC Coach of the Year award and were awarded a contract extension through 2026. Uh, in the months since the fall season ended, what's the feeling been like for you? Did you get a chance to soak it all in, or were you right back to work focusing on how to go even bigger next year? Uh, we found time for a little bit of both. You know, obviously, like you said, all everything. It's just it's wonderful to hear you list all of those things and, and the players and the accolades that they received and the accomplishments that our team achieved. Um, it was obviously winning is fun, right? The, we, we, we do this for a lot of reasons, but we are all judged and, and, and measured on, on, on how we do on the field. And we won a lot of games and that, that obviously felt phenomenal. Um, but this group to be around, they were the most fun group that we've ever had, you know, and, and, you name all those kids who are phenomenal players. Um, we had a kid named Lindsey Brick on our team who you probably don't even know Lindsey Brick's name. She didn't play, make one appearance in, in SEC play, but that kid galvanized our locker room. She's our biggest cheerleader on the bench. When kids were down and things were down, she was the first one to pick the, pick people up and things up. And so this whole, she, she kind of was symbolic of our whole team. And so, we had an absolute blast this fall. And I think as I've gotten kind of older as a coach, um, I, I, I've realized how important a couple things are. And, and that is um, the idea of having fun, right? Everybody is, wants to have fun, right? And you go back to what, what are we playing? Well, we're playing a game. It's soccer. When we're four years old and, we, and our mom signs us up to play soccer, why are we doing it? Because it's fun and it's a fun game. And I think we really captured that this fall is we went out and we wanted to have fun. And then, and then I think the other piece is having confidence, right? Believing in ourselves and our kids believing in themselves. And so those two things, we went and did it this fall and achieved a lot. We, we had a lot of kids with a lot of confidence. Yes, we enjoyed it. Um, but at the same time, here we are, uh, just one game remaining. We've had a four, four games this spring. We've been working hard this spring and everything that we do, as, as you know, Brian, everything we've done in 2022 is in anticipation of, of the 22 fall season. For better or worse, we had to turn the page. And this is all about fall 22 and fall 22's team has done absolutely nothing. And we're um, in, going full bore in preparations for this fall. 
Uh, so on that note, you had some personnel changes heading into the spring season. Uh, five seniors were honored at the end of the fall. Bren French, Hannah Tillett, Ashley Gabor, Brooke Wilson, and Mackenzie Ostrom, who I have the pleasure of getting to play on an adult league co-ed oh, awesome. team with every Wednesday night. Uh, gosh, she's a player. Um, she's a gem. She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, you also had 10 signees announced for the 2022 class, which Top Tour mm-hmm. Soccer ranked the number six class in the country, the sixth best. Um, how's this team shaping up to be different than last season's? And how do you feel about the squad as this spring season comes to a close in just over a week? Yeah, well, you, you know, you said it before. Um, you know, you're, you're, you're two, two of your favorite players in uh, Mackenzie George and um, Jada Thomas. I mean, you know, you're a soccer guy you understand the importance of having weapons, right? And having good attacking players and no, no, no back line wants to play against those two. And it became a thing kind of down the stretch. We, we had a kind of a joke within our team that back lines are tapping out. They're tapping out because they're like, no Moss. I don't want, I don't want Mackenzie George in my face anymore. I don't want Jada Thomas anymore. Like get him out. I'm, I'm out. I'm tapping out. And so those two continue to be handfuls this spring. We just played Clemson the other day. Um, Beat him 3-2. Jada had two goals and an assist in the second half. Mackenzie was doing her thing, just holding balls up and flipping the field for us, creating corner kicks and deep throw-ins. And Jordan Fusco, who it's a name that we, we, we haven't talked about, she was phenomenal. I think she's ready to take the next step. And then Huff was, was Taylor Huff again. So it's been a really good spring. We've actually, this past fall, we played um, pretty much the whole fall, we played in a 4-4-2 diamond. And uh, our first game this spring, we played Racing Louisville um, NWSL team up there, and which is always a phenomenal experience for our kids to, to go and play against pros, right, and see what the next level really looks like, feels like, and, 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 and the speed of that game and the sophistication of that game. And we played the 4-4-2 in that game, and we got out of there with a 0-0 draw, which we, were all, we, we all felt, our kids felt pretty good about. But then the last couple of games, we've been playing out of a 3-5-2 been actually pretty 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 good um you know three five two obviously you know you lose a little bit you lose a body in the back um but it depends on various ways to play all different systems right and uh you have the discipline in terms of dropping a wing back into the back line you can always have four in the back if you need it and we've been pretty good and disciplined in that the thing i love about the three five two is you still have the dynamic duo of george and thomas up top now you we've shifted Taylor Huff inside. So now Huff and Fusco are to each other as tens. So you got George and Jada in your face. Right behind them, you got Fusco and, and Huff in your face. And then you've got wide midfielders also kind of putting pressure on opponents wide back. So we found it to be pretty interesting. And, you know, we're not ready to take the 4-4-2, four, four, but we kind of think we might have a have a kind of two-headed monster in these two shapes to be, uh, you know, um, kind of a dual threat team coming up this fall. Have you had any of those players who have been announced for the signing class join, or have you had any other uh, personnel join that, that wasn't with you in the fall yet? Yeah. So um, we, as you said, we, we, we lost five kids. Ren French was really the only one of those five that were starting, right? Um, big loss, right? She, People called her mom. People called her grandma. She was she was really a, 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 a the core piece of this team and a leader, so mature and responsible and, and a great center back. But we really we returned to ten other starters. So those kids are flying. They're, they've all had a great spring. That some other kids who were on the bench this fall step up and have some good springs. 
And then two of the 10 from our incoming freshman class class um, enrolled early. So uh, Mac Midgley out of Michigan and Layla Shell out of Richmond, Virginia. They both started here in January. So they've been on campus training with the team and have gotten in some of our games this spring. And that's just, that's a, that's a priceless thing. You see it a lot in American football. Kids start early. It's not something we really push because scholarship wise, we are different than, than football. Um, and so a lot of times these kids come early and they're one, they wind up paying on their own. And that, that can be kind of a big sacrifice sometimes, but we never say no when a kid brings that want to us and they say, Hey, can I come early? And it's amazing because they wind up having essentially what it is. It's a four, four month preseason, right? They have 50 some odd training sessions, five spring games, and then August preseason. Whereas the remaining eight in our class, they'll have, we'll have, we, we have the shortest preseason of any division one sport. We have 16 days of preseason training, and then we play our first game. And our schedule hasn't been announced this fall, but our opening game this fall is at UNC. So our kids are going to need to come in fit and be ready um, and ready to be flying at UNC 16 days later. So you mentioned it. Uh, spring season is very different from the fall season. From the outside looking in, it's more like a series of exhibitions to be able to experiment. Um, yep. you, visited, you visited Racing Louisville to start things off. NWSL team got away with the 0-0 tie. Then you had 3-0 wins against Indiana, 4-0 win against UT Chattanooga. And um, a thrilling 3-2 win over Clemson on April 9th that had snow, rain, and I think there was a little bit of sunshine. I, I yes, couldn't tell exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. What were your goals for this spring, and did the team's performance meet, meet your expectations? For better or worse, I am now older. Um, and um, you get maybe, if you're lucky, you get a little bit smarter as you get older. And the truth of the matter is these spring results – they don't matter, right? We want to win every time, right? The other day you referenced, right? We, we, we beat Clemson 3-2 to the other day. We were trailing 2 nothing at halftime, right? And our kids were upset. We were upset, right? We wanted to win the game. And we came back and we won the game. But it doesn't do anything for us, right? So it doesn't help us come fall. It helps with some, some, some belief within the locker room and know the game's not never, you know, over. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of great takeaways. But the games don't matter. So, so in terms of the stuff that really matters when you talk about a spring season, it's keeping your kids healthy, right? Being smart about their bodies and taking care of them and doing right by them and not overtraining them. We've got bigger fruit ahead come August, right? We don't undertrain, but we certainly don't kill them. And we take care of them. We make sure that we, we get out of the spring in a healthy, good place. And knock on wood, we're in a pretty darn good place right now. And then secondly, just keep kids getting better, right? Kids building their confidence, working on their individual game, whether it's their ability to go at kids 1v1, whether it's their ability to bring others into the game as a forward, whether it's their 1v1 defending. And then, like I said earlier, I alluded to the confidence piece, right? What we all believe, and it's, it, it doesn't matter, Brian, whether it's you as a writer, right? Or, or a podcaster or me as a coach, we all want to believe in what we're doing right? We all want to feel like we're good at what we're doing and we can go and maybe be better than the next guy. And so we've worked a lot on, um, we can't just hand it to our group, but achieving these things that we've done, this is the 2022 team, right? And so the 2022 team came back from two down against Clemson, went to racing Louisville, right? Without Ren French and actually Lindsey Romig was out that game. 
and tied 0-0. Went to, um, went to Indiana, tied 0-0 at half, scored three goals in the second half. So in these last three games, we have scored nine goals in the, combined in the second half with still Virginia Tech to go. So we're kind of starting to build our resume. And sometimes I talk to our team about we all have a blank canvas, right? You start your college career, it's a blank white canvas. What are you going to paint on your canvas over the next four years? And we're now creating this 2022 canvas and so far so good. So the final spring match takes place April 23rd against Virginia Tech at ETSU Stadium. Lady Vols have played Virginia Tech three times before this final spring match. The last time in 2017 here in Knoxville, uh, you pulled off the 3-1 victory in what was then the best start to a women's soccer season under your tenure. That team featured, I believe, Katie Cousins, who's now starring for Angel City in the NWSL. Um, she scored a goal can, in that game against uh, Vatek. Yeah. Uh, can you preview for us uh, what to expect for this final game against Virginia Tech and how are you preparing for it? You know, no, no different really than these past spring games. We, we, we want to um, train appropriately leading into the game, get our kids as fresh as possible going into that game, use a lot of bodies, right? Give a lot of the, the spring season. What, because these, these games and these results don't matter as it relates to the fall season and the fall record. These are opportunities for kids that maybe didn't play a whole lot of minutes in the fall or some of these kids I talked about earlier, the early enrollees. Now's their time to step on the field a little bit and, and show their teammates and show their coaches they can help us win games. So we'll continue to give kids time. I think the one thing that we're trying to figure out right now, do we want to have in this one last game, do we want to go back to the 4-4-2 for any period of time? Um, so maybe because we, we, we'd like to, and I, and I feel like I referenced earlier the fact that we scored nine goals in the second half in these last three games. We've made some adjustments in terms of how we want to press in each of those games at halftime based on how the other teams were playing. And the other teams have really had a hard, hard time playing against us these last three games. And in that second half, when we've been able to figure out what they're doing. So we'll continue to do that and see what we can solve on Virginia Tech side, but then very potentially dabble a little bit in the 3-5-2 and then play a little bit in the 4-4-2. And then we're going to play against a Virginia Tech team that is, I don't really know, to be honest, I, I haven't paid much attention. I don't know what they've done this spring, but I know it's a team that this past fall lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament at Arkansas. They play just like Clemson, the rigors of the ACC, one of the top conferences. Many people say the top conference in, in, in all of college soccer, right? They've had numerous national champions over the years. And so they, they play. I know last this past year, that team went on the road and tied Duke. They went on the road and tied UNC. So it's going to be a good team. And Charger Adair has been there a long time. He always does a good job. And hopefully it's a fun, competitive game. And hopefully we both get out of their health. Finally, you'll go into summer with a few months before the fall season uh, to kick off sometime in early August. And uh, we didn't know the schedule, but you mentioned that the first game of the season is going to be against UNC, which is going to be a barn burner, I imagine. Um, yes. la last year was really fun for players and fans. Uh, I, I know selfishly I can't wait um, to see the team hit the field again because I've got a two-year-old daughter that I bring to games. Awesome. And uh, watching Huff just you know, fly down the sideline and watching George McKenzie, just bulldog center backs, no way to get the ball off or uh, no with that low center of gravity. Yep. Totally. And, and, 
and Jada just like uh, we talk about the term fox in the box, and it's just like don't know how she gets there every time, don't know what body part she's gonna hit it in with, but she finds she is, a way. Right? Yeah, she's a sniffer. So the the attack had been free flowing throughout the fall. Team averaged nineteen shots a game, more than two and a half goals a game. Uh, it doesn't seem like you're the kind of guy who takes uh, long breaks. So what will you be up to? Uh, what are you working on to get the team ready for the fall? And do you think you have the makings of of a team that can make history again for Tennessee in a few months' time? Yeah, obviously we'll wind down. You know, after the Virginia Tech game, we'll we'll, we'll finish up doing some some physical testing, some individual meetings, and then we'll send send the kids on their way for the summertime and with their summer packets and different teams they'll be playing on. And and for us as coaches, we kind of hit the recruiting trail um, in May and June, bunch of events that we'll be a part of and. And then we're just, you know, like as you said, starting to get ready for the fall, starting to prepare for for our exhibition game, starting to prepare for teams like North Carolina, things like that, and starting to, you know, we'll review these some of these games more and really are we going to be married to a shape or not married to a shape and having the ability to dabble a little bit between two and kind of come to a consensus within our staff at some point this summer where we want to be with that. And then you know, in terms of your question about do we have the potential to make history again, winning is hard, right? You know this. You've been around the game for a long time. And you got to be good. You got to be lucky. Um, you got to be healthy. Um, and some of that is the lucky piece, right? And then you have you have to have an amazing culture. And uh, I think we're there. Um, we, we really do. We, we, have a, we have a competitive group. But we also have a very loving group and supportive group, right? There's no... Uh, no BS within our team, right? And take a lot of we take a lot of pride in that, right? That we are all incredibly supportive and loving and inclusive. And and like I alluded to it earlier, right? We have a lot of fun, right? If if you don't want to come to practice and not have fun, you can't be around our group, right? And and when we score goals and we win, we we celebrate like heck, right? It's all got to be fun. This is a game. We can't lose sight of that. So um, I think this group is. You know, we get a lot of kids back, like you talked about, and they're kids that have won. They care about winning. You know, a name we haven't mentioned on this podcast yet is Abby Burdett. And she was the one that won the um, MVP of the SEC tournament. Talk about, you know, kind of a bulldog. I mean, that kid, she's kind of the core. And we moved her to the six this past fall. And that was a massive move for our team because she's an organizer in there. She's a bit of a quarterback in there. She will tackle anything and anyone. She'll win aerial challenges. And so it's like when you think about a kid like her, you think about a Mackenzie George, you think about a Huff, you think about a Jada Thomas, the extent to which those kids want to win and the importance of winning to them. As a coach, I really don't have to do a whole lot, right? I don't have to inspire them to want to win. They just want to win, right? And, you know, this game is a player's game. There are no timeouts in our game. They got to solve problems out there. They got to make plays. They got to they got to do their thing. And having kids like this who are now 21, 22, in some cases, 23 years old, it's pretty good. So we just got to keep them healthy, keep them fresh physically and mentally. And I think we can have a pretty good fall again. Well, that's all the questions I have for you, Coach. Thank you so much for joining us today. Do you have any parting words? I don't, Brian. I really appreciate your love, um, obviously, of Knoxville, your love of the sport. And uh I'm glad that your buddy talked you into doing this podcast because 
I think our town does need something like this. Um, I know One Knox is trying to help grow the sport in this in this town, and we have always had a phenomenal following. And our kids, like you alluded to earlier, I think before we came on air, um, it's an honor to be a Lady Vol, and our our kids wear that with a lot of pride. And I wear being this coach with a lot of responsibility and pride. And uh, we're all lucky guys, right? Lucky people. And uh, I appreciate you having me on today and great job with it. And I wish you continued success.